so can you. The show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. Welcome to the new year. We took a couple weeks off, but we are back with our first recording in 2023. Mm -hmm. And we have a really fun special plan. Yeah, okay. So here's what happened. I went to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For the first time in several decades. Yeah, I hadn't been since I was a small child, which, and I've lived in LA for five years, but that's okay. It's expensive. It is. And not really my thing. <laughs> yes. I, there's there's plenty of legitimate reasons why you haven't gone. Yeah, but uh, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. I went and there's a place there called Star Wars Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we went there. I was advised to go just like walk through it and look at it. And I was like, this is excellent. They did is a very this, good job. Is this what Star Wars is? <laughs> And the people around me were like, this is absolutely what Star Wars is. And I was like, what? And then I came home and I was like, we have to do Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, because you you saw the original. Yeah, like so the original, I, original. I feel like we haven't been taking Star Wars very seriously as a title in our like list of things to do. Because like for you, it's basically a, a core text. Yes, exactly. It and is I, to me what Kesha is to you. <laughs> yeah, and and I have technically seen them, the original ones. Yes. Let's just, okay, let's just lay down some, some ground rules. Yes. Sure. What we're talking about, henceforth, mm-hmm. when I say the Star Wars movies, for what we're talking about on this podcast, when I say the first three movies... I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. New Hope, uh, I can do this, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, yep. Return of the Jedi. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Great. Because I feel like you really can't say the words like the first ones or the original one. You cannot try to describe which three chapters of Star Wars you're trying to talk about without like some nerd like coming out of a trash can <laughs> and being like, well, um, actually the first ones that they made are the, are chapters four, five, and six. Like every living person knows that every mm-hmm. single person knows that people who have not seen any star Wars movies know that if you are a person that has ever told someone that stop, you don't need to tell any other people and you should probably go apologize to the person that you told because yeah. I guarantee you they already knew. Right. Like, the person you told that to better be under the age of five. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, they, yeah. they need to be told one time. Yeah, if you told a child. Yeah. But that's part of why, because it's I was explained that as a child, even before I saw the movies, and it sticks in your mind as a child because everything you're learning is what order things go in. And so the fact that they like, yes, every person knows that. So that's what we mean. We're not talking about chapters one, two, and three because absolutely fuck those movies yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's fine. And you have seen one and three, and we're not talking about seven, eight, and nine. Which I have not seen, but that's that can be separate viewing for me. We're talking about the classic ones. Yes, the um, George Lucas ones. Yes, which well, I... Well, yes. he wrote them all. He only directed the first one. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I just, I could hear right. in the internet no. some like nerd yes. revving up to pop out of a trash can. Yes. Like, I got you. I know. <laughs> I got a poster of Empire Strikes this Back is- on the wall in this room. It says Irvin Kirshner. I sure, know. Yeah, yeah, it is right there. That's who we are. There is a poster in this room for mm-hmm. that movie. Yes. <laughs> and I did not really know that. <laughs> yeah. I just came from a walk in the rain because it's raining in LA and I am wearing the hat that I wore on that walk. It is a Boba Fett hat. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> 
That's why I got this hat, because it just looks like a cool pattern. But no, it's Boba Fett's helmet. I feel like this is even more sensitive. Like, when we talked about, like, we didn't want to, like, say the wrong thing about the Sex Pistols, or mm-hmm. I didn't. And yeah. then it was like, well, we also don't want to say the wrong thing about Metallica. Mm-hmm. This feels like way higher stakes than either of those things you also just got worried about like not saying enough things Mm -hmm. in case you know what i mean like if one of us steps off the path like even a little bit i feel like we could get murdered yeah like i probably don't want to mention that i think the second best star wars movie of all nine after the empire strikes back is in fact the last jedi fuck you all Fuck you all. I hear you screaming. Fuck you all. I don't care. So I think we both have our own dangers. Toot toot. Come at me. Here. (laughs) (laughs) The parts that like are re-screened a lot, like the parts that you like remember and that get talked about a lot and like just like put in mashups and lists of things are the parts of Star Wars that are really like shiny and (laughs) government-y. Like uh, official, brand new. It's a brand new planet. Sure. A brand new floating space thing. Mm-hmm. Like those stormtrooper uniforms, they're also clean. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I forgot that there's all these parts, because I just had this like really positive experience with Alien. I forgot that there's all these parts of Star Wars where things are janky. Yeah. Like when you travel to other parts of the world where like maybe the power lines and like phone lines and shit are not as like consolidated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just like things dangling and like boxes with bleep bloops on the outside of everybody's and like dishes facing different ways and stuff the chaos of that of like those kinds of urban environments that is a fun thing to do in a space way and i totally forgot that that was part of star wars and then it was my favorite part was just the store where you they only sold stupid stuff that i did not want to buy but the walls were covered in like trophy heads of really cool beasts just like the design of it was so fun and i was like wait yeah and i think about half of star wars is like that and then the other half is like very sleek yeah sleek yes that's a good word yeah i just want to remember the parts that are like we went to this like garbage planet to blow off some steam that has to happen right do they ever do that uh no but they do wind up stuck in garbage at one point oh yes oh well okay that's very memorable to a child yes Mm -hmm. i do remember that but no like where'd they go get drunk do they ever go get drunk they do go to a bar in the first one okay that's where they meet Han Solo. Is it in a shiny planet? Yeah, where no, Han Solo it's on hang out. Yeah, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much, but yeah. I mean, you have seen them, so it's like not really. No, it's, it's more jogging it's like, your memory. No, it's like I remember the part, like because when you're a kid, the stuff that sticks with you is the stuff that's like really specific individual situations mm-hmm. that they're in. Like I'm pretty sure there's some. Wait, who are the little guys? <laughs> the little, little guys everyone loves. Oh, Ewoks. Ewoks. <laughs> Do they braid Carrie Fisher's hair? yes okay so like that's the kind of thing that i know and like what actually happens in them i kind of know mm-hmm. should i say what i think it is we're doing we're gonna do all three you guys yeah oh yeah we're gonna do all three so i'm saying this for my so future I, self this might be a two-parter episode just so you know i have no idea what happens in which one like at some point luke's hand is gonna get cut off mm-hmm. but that could be in any what movie is that in probably mm-hmm. not the first one it's in the first one I didn't say anything. I said zero words. But your face said, I gave you. Don't a, be too sure. I gave you a meaningful eyebrow. <laughs> I know how it ends. Okay. I- imagery wise, mm-hmm. I remember the picture of how it ends, but like I don't really know what that means for like the state of like the politics involved. What's your memory of the image of how it ends? 
Darth Vader falls into something deep <laughs> through a like through a tube. Okay. He falls through a tube. Okay. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Good. It's some sort of uh, physical struggle wherein somehow Luke has has won but is also like blameless in his death. Okay. But what does this mean? I understand now as an adult that there's some sort of like very elaborate rebellion project going. Like, what does this mean for that? I don't know. Like, who is Darth Vader to the Empire? Like, what's his job? I don't know. To tell you would be a spoiler. At some point, they get stuck in trash. Mm-hmm. Oh, Job of the Hut. Sure. That's got to happen. Do you know when? Nope. Okay. I'm going to say the middle. Okay. When does Yoda show up? Yoda. I feel that. Luke is just always attracting an even-keeled little mentor. Sure. And so how those things fit together, I don't super know. Okay. I don't it, it's now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like why would a why would someone need both? Why would a screenwriter need both those characters? Mhm. But I guess three movies are long. I feel like I know kind of how it's going to look when Yoda shows up. Okay. What what is it going to look like? It's going to look a lot like Labyrinth. <laughs> that you know actually that's not it's gonna look like a Jim Henson swap yes actually you you nailed it that is absolutely <laughs> correct that is what it is going to look like it's gonna be more yellows and greens and less browns than labyrinth it's a little mossier it's definitely mossier that is for <laughs> sure okay that is what you hang on that's what a kid brain hangs on to mm-hmm. like what are the principles we're fighting for I know I feel like I know well, so I know from like theater school that Star Wars conforms pretty well to some to like some Joseph Campbell. Like it's pretty easy to just yes. like map it onto any other hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm making assumptions about what happens when based on that. But well, and that's part of why I'm like, why do you need two Dumbledores? But I guess it's like, is it like one's a Dumbledore and one's like a serious black? I'm I think so it, sorry, you guys. I, I think it has really more like to Harry do with the fact much. that the first one was made to be basically self-contained. Okay. Just in case it flopped. Okay. So what you're telling me is that the one guy, he he's he dies quick. <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. Does everyone die in these movies by like falling off of stuff or out of stuff? Very few people die by falling out of stuff. <laughs> Except for like That's a great way to crew. die in space, though. That's true. A lot of people get blown up. A lot of people get blown up. I would be interested to know when we come back, who do you think my favorite character is? Okay, so I think your favorite character is Boba Fett. It is not. Okay. I I just like the pattern. Yes. Okay, no. I had another reason for saying that, which is I can remember some really vocal Boba Fett kids, and I feel like I could see that being you. That is fair. I will say my favorite character now is not my favorite character when I was a kid. Okay. And I think you will be surprised at how little screen time Boba Fett has. I will not be surprised by that. I remember that specifically because I was like, what could you possibly have learned about this person? It was the toys. The The answer is because of the okay. toys. He, he became popular entirely through licensing. And then he had some like cool stories in the EU in the 90s. But like, don't even worry about that. I feel like there's fully one candidate for who's going to be my favorite character. Sure, yeah. Other I think. women in this movie? And honest, honestly, solid choice regardless of gender. Like, okay. that's a good choice. Great. I'll leave the door open for Han Solo. There's a, sometimes there's like a cowboy with a heart of gold. 
mm-hmm. that will strike a chord with me. Yeah. I know there's a specific vibe of scoundrel that you, you enjoy. Yeah. We've talked about it on this pod before. Uh, Jimmy McNulty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a big deal about how I, I really wanna. don't give a fuck, but I, I give so many fucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to see how this goes. I think what we're going to do, and tell me if this is wrong, we'll just watch all three, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about all yes, three. Yes, yeah. I think, I mean, we'll see about your two-part theory, but I've, I, th- I think we'll be able to do it. Okay, we'll see. We'll just see how long we go. But I feel like my brain is going to be able to just, like, kind of make it into one story. We'll see. Okay, well, we will go away, watch these three movies, and when we come back, you will know more about what we think about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Hello, we're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time. No, <laughs> Every time. No, it was better for like a little while. I don't know when, <laughs> but I distinctly remember understanding it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are back. We are back, yeah. <laughs> it is not a new podcast. It's no. new to me. Okay, do you want me to just tell you what I thought of the Star Wars movies? <laughs> yes, I do. Like, yeah, those are movies. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, it was more just exactly what I thought it was before going to Star Wars land. <laughs> there mm-hmm. were fewer surprises from how much I remembered, like there just wasn't that much other stuff besides the stuff I remembered, which I thought was like very little of the films, but it turns mm-hmm. out it's a lot of the films mm-hmm. because somehow in these movies, both a lot and a very little happens. They yes. are somehow both slow and dense. Mm-hmm. It felt like we we were um, really luxuriating in a lot of the sequences. Like they spend so long in that trash collector, like just having it shrink ever so gradually. Yeah, and that's funny that you call that specific scene out because that's not even I think the most indulgent sequence at all, as far as just like length of time. Where no, we're there's just, like, like a doing lot. I mean, business. yeah, yeah. Well, so I I think I brought up at one point like sometimes they just shoot at each other for so long, and I was like, why are they shooting at each other? Like, even if one of the stormtroopers got shot, and then maybe a different stormtrooper started shooting now, but no, it'll just be the same exact stormtrooper. Like, in the same exact location, and they'll just stand there and shoot at each other for, like, minutes on end. And I was like, why? And then I was like, oh, because it was, like, very cool how they were shooting at each other Mm -hmm. at the time. Yes. Like, that was enough to watch. It's just like, look at those lights bounce back and forth. Yeah. Like, hey, you thought the Star Destroyers were big in the first movie? How about a very big star destroyer (laughs) yeah (laughs) and this one lights up from the inside okay i never felt like i mean the coolest thing about it unsurprisingly is all the little spaceship models Mm -hmm. flying through space yeah those things are just so cool Mm -hmm. and like how did like how did they make them look so good yeah (laughs) they're just real they're just real things Mm -hmm. they're just something that some guy built under like a lamp yeah, well, they had a whole production. I mean, ILM started to do the Star Wars movies. That was why they exist. Yeah. And they just are have always been very good at what they do. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's impressive that for a movie series that traffics so much in practical models, it still looks good. Yeah. And I mean, there are parts that look kind of cheesy and dated, but like not that many and not I that I felt bad. like everything they added in the Audis looked more cheesy and dated. That is true. Than everything that was already there. That is absolutely true. Because computer effects just don't age as well as practical yeah. effects. Those parts, I was really willing to just watch them float around space. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about more like when they've tucked in, when like our heroes have tucked in a nook somewhere and just like keep flipping around mm-hmm. to shoot their space guns. Yeah, and like even if they hit someone, they're replaced by an identical person because that's but how like stormtroopers work. a lot of times work. they don't even. A lot of times it is the same exact stormtrooper for like several back and forths. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's Luke and Leia shooting. Here's a stormtrooper. Here's them again. Here's a stormtrooper. Here's them again. Here's a stormtrooper. Stormtrooper's hit. Here's them again. Stormtrooper has died. New stormtrooper. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you don't need that many. You just don't need that many to take one. It's like, are they really bad at shooting? But mm-hmm. no, it's because, like, that we weren't watching the stormtroopers die. We were watching the space guns mm-hmm. do their space gun thing. And that was cool. So that's, I mean, that's not the only thing. It just felt like a lot of the parts I was expecting just kind of were a little like we just like sat in it for a while oh it was it was like dream sequence time we just like ruminated and then it would go to the next thing and it's just like there's a lot happening and also like it feels like very little is happening like it feels like the scenes are kind of like cantankerous and yet also all of these people are now best friends and these uh, like there'll be like there'll be like one like missive that'll come through that's like oh by the way a lot of plot somehow they're both fast and slow yes that is true i think especially return of the jedi that they just hadn't cracked pacing in sci-fi movies yet yeah i don't know there's just something about like i feel that they are great movies for children (laughs) they are there is something like kids movie logic to them yeah because they they feel complicated but they're also very easy to follow for I think the reason that you're saying is like you know who the bad guys are you know who the good guys are it is always over communicated what people are trying to do in this particular moment yes for good or ill yes yes it has yes it is over communicated it has like a kids movie cadence to it sometimes it is Mm -hmm. like everybody state your goal Mm-hmm. everybody state the thing that you're concerned is going to get in the way of your goal. And then the part where they like go pursue those goals is either very physical, like it's just like a fight to get that thing or it's off screen. Or we've just said that's what we're trying to do. And then we'll go check in with some other characters and then we'll come back and we will have done that. Right. I guess what I'm saying is there's not a lot of like on screen development of relationships or philosophical growth. They'll say that that's what they're going to do. Like, I got to get more in touch with this, the force thing. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just cut to another storyline and then come back and it'll be like, good thing that I understand the force a lot better now. Or like the whole main romance mm-hmm. is like, I don't know if I like you. And then it's like, well, I'm going to make you like me. And then we just go have some other scenes for a second and then check back in and they're in love. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't see that. We don't see the change. We don't see, like, where where it becomes. Like, by the end, they're all talking about, like, how, like, the whole second half of the last movie where the Emperor and Darth Vader are like, oh, your little friends are out there. Like, you must really like your friends. I was like, we never really saw them come to like each other as friends. Mm -hmm. And now they're talking about it like they're, like, 
like the tightest trio that anyone could imagine. Like mm-hmm. the blood of the battle is thicker than the water of the womb or whatever. But like, well, actually, I mean, they've there been... is womb water in that crowd. Yeah. And they've been fighting a rebellion together for fully four years at that point. Yeah. No, no, I get it. But it's just like, that's not what the movie shows us. We just have to trust that that happened along the way. Ah, I would, I would argue that by the time Return of the Jedi starts. It is pretty clear that they all care about each other a lot. I'm not saying that I don't believe them. What then is the difference between, all right, seeing them all sort of get along by the end of the first one, go out on a limb for each other in the second one, and then in the third one, when it starts, they're all like putting themselves in danger in a plan to save Han Solo why then when the emperor is like your friends will die <laughs> are you do you feel like that's kind of a leap i no, i i don't feel that it's a leap i just feel that the movie did not is does not show us all three movies do not show us those things we're just told we're just told that let's take something opposite think of like a rom-com like, so there's a scene, they meet, they hate each other for some reason or other. And then they get stuck in the elevator together. And they're like, oh, no, not you. Like, I'll never like you. <laughs> and then a series of of things of, like, them, like, revealing little personal quirks about each other. One of them has, like, the other one's favorite cracker in their purse. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking about their path, their grandma's house. I and see. then it's like, and then it's like, I guess I don't hate you, but don't tell anyone I said that. And then the elevator opens. And then the next time they see each other, they're like a little bit like, I'm just saying we don't, that's not part of what Star Wars is interested in is like the change and development, the mechanics of how these relationships came to be. It's like here, like in this scene, this is who we are to each other. And then because of events that may, that are related to that scene, now we're best buddies. Okay, so if I'm understanding you correctly, I think I see what you're saying now. The film is not interested in showing us those like quieter moments where you can build emotional intimacy. It's just everyone is always in crisis. Yeah, or like whatever sequence we're in, the relationships are pretty like static. Mm-hmm. Like today we like each other, but we're annoyed. And that is going to be the state of things for this whole sequence while we fight this thing. And then off screen those dynamics will change and we'll have another scene where it's different and like now we're all best buddies and nothing could get ever go wrong the comp i've had in my head for this is i I know it's not your favorite lord of the rings Mm -hmm. where in the first movie there are these moments where the fellowship is when there's still nine of them where in between the things that they have to do there's like a scene where boromir is teaching mary and pippin to fight and like They, like, wind up tackling each other and, like, laughing and rolling around on the ground. Aragorn's watching them. He's having a good time. Sure. You know, but then a bunch of evil crows come and they all have to hide. There's those moments of, like, seeing that they are more than just some people who are stuck on a ship together. Yeah, just, like, us being party to... I mean, it's not not a bad thing. Like, that's not what Star Wars is trying to... Star Wars is the story of the Star Wars. Right. (laughs) The wars and the stars. And, like, we follow these these three people through that. But, like... Like you said something about, um, here's another, just within a one person, you said something about how in the second movie, Luke is the only one who carries a lightsaber and a blaster mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he's in two different phases of his career. And then in the third movie, he just has the lightsaber. 
in the third movie, he shows up and he's like, I get it now. I'm wise now. It's like he went away to like the force camp mm-hmm. and like now he's back. Yeah. But we didn't see. And I know we saw him like doing handstands and stuff, but that's like to me that dodges. It's like, OK, so it requires some physical training or some, some like practical practice, some yeah. practical practice. I feel like there are these big, broad, like thematic truths that we just sort of like accept as like like the whole stakes of Luke's storyline in the third movie of like fighting is evil but like what are you like there's there's these like big fat words that like kids understand and can be like oh this is a big question like why I am dealing in big questions right now Mm -hmm. But, like, like you can't really nail down, like, what any of it means. Actually, you can't think too hard sure. about what any of it means. Because, like, what is good and evil? Like, he keeps being like, then I will not fight. But then he does fight some more. Like, is that him losing or is that him fighting? Like, mm-hmm. is it evil to draw your lightsaber? Are you already, like, the whole thing of the Emperor being like, you should kill me and then you'll be just like me. It's like, no, you won't. When you kill the evil Emperor of something, like, during a war, that is not actually the same as what that evil Emperor has been doing the whole time. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole conceit of the dichotomy of the Force is that if you act out of irrational anger or even rational anger and hatred then you are not actually acting in keeping with the light side of the force and thus it is a temptation to falling yeah i I guess i just don't buy that (laughs) i mean honestly it took them nine movies to really grapple with that at all like right because i don't yeah in the rise of skywalker which i don't really like do they even start to think about what that means yeah, because I just don't think, I think that they are cool movies of cool models, <laughs> cool effects, and they wanted it to feel like it was tapping into something like big and deep and meaningful, but I don't think that they wanted to like really root it. Like, I don't, I just don't think they wanted to think too hard about whether they were going to like say something new about that or like what any of it. I think they just like kind of wanted to, they wanted it to have the vibes and like, I respect that, I guess. Yeah. But it does not, it does not surprise me to hear you say that because I don't think that it, I don't, I don't think it's like, oh yeah, there's so much more to explore. I just don't think that that is part of what George Lucas was like thinking about when he was like, I think it just like sounds really dramatic to be like your anger will lead you this way and like there's just it feels pretty easy to poke holes in but it's like we're not here that's just like not what they're there to do. Right. I think if you would say well what if you have righteous anger I think the argument would be well if you have righteous anger that's fine but if you are letting your righteous anger decide for you what the best course of action is then perhaps you are not acting with a clear mind but I think that's neither here nor there I think you're right that it is very broad strokes it is very good or evil and that there is good behavior and bad behavior, and it is easy to tell the difference between the two, and it is easy to tell the difference between who is a bad person and who is a good person. Like, in the trilogy, the original trilogy, there are no traitors that we see. Yeah. 
there's not a lot of traitors. There's not a lot of people who walk the line. Yeah. You know, the closest you get is Han Solo, who like everyone says is a scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> but the only thing we really ever see him do is he shoots someone in the first movie in the first scene that he's in before they can shoot him. And that's the only like quote unquote bad like questionable. Thing. Yeah, yeah, questionable thing that he ever does. If he leaves, he's always going to come back. Yeah. He always puts himself on the line. Yeah. Even if he's going to rant and complain, he's still going to do the thing that you want him to do. Yeah. For the greater good. Yeah. A great way to be a movie scoundrel as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's why he's fun. That's why yeah. he's a great character. But it also is like, okay, that's like your biggest anti-hero. And even he's like pretty much just a hero. Yeah. He's like a just hero. Just a hero with a flippant attitude. Yeah. He's like, ugh. Do I gotta? And they're like, yeah. yes, you do. And he's like, fucking fine. But that's All like right. exactly what I want. Like, I don't, Luke was like way too much for me, especially in the first movie. They kind of toned it down. They did. But like in the first movie, like everything he does is like, but we gotta help. Like it's, it's a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has like kid's movie gestalt all over it to me it does it does i mean most stuff for kids sucks so i think this is like i i think i think this is a great i, w I would love to raise some star wars children i think i think this is great material to be engaging with at a at a young age i agree can you tell my wife that sometime because <laughs> i don't think she, i think she just doesn't want to have to watch it that's true yeah she just falls asleep 20 minutes in for reference for those of you <laughs> listening on the pod this has been a point of contention in my entire 10-year relationship with my wife. I have tried to get her to watch Star Wars several times. She has either fallen asleep 20 minutes in or left the theater with me as we watched it on opening night, looked at me and gone, well, that was fucking tedious. <laughs> and then I cried. I feel like there is a stereotype that like, if you are someone like me, and I know I am not compared to the people on the internet, I am probably not in the top 30 to 40% of aggressively nerdy Star Wars people. Mm. But there was a time where I had some serious fucking chops, less so now because of all the uh, TV shows and yeah, yeah, new yeah. books and it's stuff like that. just a lot more to keep up with. There's a lot more to keep up with, and I'm busy, but... There was a time when I remember thinking to myself for many years, a partner who does not like Star Wars is a deal breaker, <laughs> is a full deal breaker. Wow. Yeah. I am pretty sure that at least one of my relationships in college was started initially because I knew she was very into Star Wars. Yeah. Are you glad that you grew out of that? Well... I did cry when Ari didn't like The Last Jedi. So I don't know if grew out of it is the right term, but I think just learn to accept that people like different things. Sure. There's this illusion, this culture-wide lie that we've all told ourselves that a girl who likes Star Wars is like a fucking uncut diamond. Like, you, like oh my God. Like It's like baseball. Boys who like baseball will find out that a girl likes baseball and be like, oh my God, like a fucking, like a chimera. Like this is like, she's the one. Like that's uh, this, this girl like knows a baseball team. Like, oh my God, like I've never met like such a manic pixie dream girl in all my life. And I feel like sports is worse to me than nerd stuff, mm -hmm. but not unrelated sometimes in the way that it's like fan culture manifests itself. And I just feel like there's like, there are so many lady nerds there are so many nerdy girls who like star wars yes but a lot of times 
crowds of boy nerds will be like, oh, if there just only was such a thing as a girl who likes Star Wars. Yes. This is a conversation that happens in the D&D community a lot where girls will be like, no, there's plenty of women and non-binary folks who play D&D. We just don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Because you suck. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, We're all playing with each other because your games are not fun for us. Mm -hmm. That is true. And I think you are absolutely right that there is definitely some of that in Star Wars fandom space. Especially like, I feel now. like I knew mostly, like the Star Wars nerds that I knew in my childhood were mostly girls. Hmm. Interesting. And then like at some point it's like, you. I think as a, as a Star Wars nerd girl, you just have to make a choice of whether to put that target on your back of being like the one fucking magical chimera. Mm-hmm. Or to kind of like tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it on the down low or find something else to like. Yeah. I will say, giving credit to my younger self, even though I felt like someone not liking Star Wars was a deal breaker, I never pursued someone for the sole reason that they liked Star Wars. And in fact, looking back on it, I'm doing some quick mental math. I've actually never been in a relationship except for one with someone who really liked Star Wars. That That was the one. That was the one. Okay. Well. Yeah. Everyone else has been like, no, dude, no. no. Shh. I've seen like six movies and none of them are Star Wars and I'm not watching them. Yeah. One of my criticisms of this, of the Andor show mm-hmm. is, but are there women who talk to each other? And I just feel like that has to be a Star Wars wide problem, but it's just not super common. Yeah. Up until the sequel trilogy, I know trilogy, the it was Rogue One. Pretty rare. Yeah. But it, it has to be, it has to still be kind of slippery in the sequels it has to be just because i know how many men are in it yeah like in order to service all those male characters like i feel like it's they i have not seen any of the sequels so i'm talking out of my butt but i it it did seem to me from the trailers and the discourse that they made a real effort with like who leia sort of grows up to be but i actually feel like if you're gonna have only one woman in your movies i was pretty comfortable with her being it in the first three like i didn't i didn't feel like she was really ever like put in a position of like tripping or like looking stupid for the male character's benefits or like mm-hmm. I mean there's sort of some rape culture stuff happening in yes. the but like I don't feel like that was put there only for Han Solo's development as a character or uh, like convenience. Yeah, I like mean, I felt like it was her story still. Yeah, I mean I think as soon as we see her, like the first thing we see her do, she's like thinking quickly on her feet, taking action, like getting the Death Star plans off of the ship. Yeah, she's she's like the most proactive of the three. She's like the first one to be like, I think we should do something different instead of wait, instead of reacting. Yes. And then as soon as they get her out of her cell on the Death Star, she's like, ah, see, my problem was I was locked in a room that was locked from the outside. You have fixed that problem. I am in charge now. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. And yeah, she and does like, get that. She's good with a gun. Like she I just kept waiting for her yeah. to like miss something crucial or like, I don't know, be wearing the wrong thing. But like, no, she's, doesn't happen. she's very smart. Like she is always aware of what's happening. She never needs to have anything explained to her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like I feel like Luke asks more stupid questions than she Yeah, does. Luke is the bimbo. Yes. Of these movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I really like. Yeah, I liked their little, like, trio dynamic. They have a great dynamic. Yeah. She gets rescued a couple of times, but in the course well, so of her... so does everybody. But yeah, but so does everyone, exactly. And in the course of her being rescued, she usually, like, 
knocks out some key players. Like, yeah. yeah, she needs to get rescued from Jabba the Hutt, but not from Jabba himself because she fucking kills him. Yeah. First opportunity she gets. Yeah, and I felt from the way that people talk about that, there's a, a memorable plot point in the sitcom Friends <laughs> about um, how much men love that situation, the gold bikini situation. Oh, Slave Leia, yeah. Yeah. I really thought that it was going to be a lot more troubling than it was because people are terrible. Yes. And the way they talk about it is like, what what an exciting shift. Like this lady who's usually bossy, mm-hmm. like can't be bossy anymore, but it's like, she's still pretty bossy. Yeah. And yes, it is a notable shift in a movie series where she spends most of her time wearing turtlenecks and jackets. Like, yes, no, yes. The wardrobe is considerably different, but I thought there was going to be just like more like kind of basking in how she's been laid low. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh no, she's so indisposed. Like, well, yeah, because she's still got a look on her face like fuck this. yeah the whole time like, she's like what the fuck yeah which i think honestly was just carrie fisher being like i can't believe i'm in this stupid fucking bikini yeah, I think god it was. damn yeah. it and also i think like c-3po is all, like they're all kind of stuck there yeah so but they're all just stuck in different ways like okay yeah she's in the fucking gold bikini han solo is a wall decoration for a full year you know right yeah i just think like a lot like a a, a more neurotypical film <laughs> might have taken that opportunity to have Han and Luke have some big feelings about the way she's being treated or have some sort of like get to live out some kind of like rescue thing that's exciting for them. Like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I saved you from a fate so much worse than that prison. Like, yeah. I that it could have been about that, but it's it's not. It's literally just like, oh, you're attached to this and we have to go. Yeah. Like, they don't treat her like someone who's been victimized in any special way at all. No, not at all. They're just like, we have to leave. Yeah, when they're doing the thing on Jabba's sail barge and she kills Jabba the Hutt and then shows up on the roof, Luke's like, great, you're here. Yes. It would never occur to me that you wouldn't be here because I need you to blow this ship up right now. And she's like, on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, great. You've, you've, You've joined us. Yeah. It's a good thing because like, we need help with what we're up to. I truly don't think that strangling Jabba the Hutt to death was part of the capital P plan, but she made it work. She yeah. saw her opportunity. She took it and then she was out of there. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. And I should have asked this from the beginning. So was there any movie that of the three that you liked significantly more, significantly less than the others? I think I liked the first one the least, but I also uh, was on the most migraine drugs. That's true. During the first one. Mm -hmm. That could be a a factor, but I just feel like the things that I liked about them that I thought it was doing well, it just, I feel like learned a lot from the first one. The first one had the most, and again, this could have been because I was high, but to me, it had the, the biggest problem with being both slow and fast. I like I felt like it was dragging, but then I also felt like a lot of like whiplash of like sorry now they're where what which yeah okay I hear it now that it, that could be drugs but that's that's how I felt, and the second two it was like yeah sometimes it was a little indulgent or sometimes I would just be expected to believe that someone had had this like moment of growth that I didn't see but I just just like look at them they carry their shoulders differently and that's how we know that they're different now but like 
that's fine. I don't know. It's like, that's not, that's not really what I'm here for. Like the models were cooler. They lit up from the inside. Yes. No, they, they learned a lot. I mean, they did nighttime space a lot better. And like, yeah, I just, I think they just had like more of a sense of like how to use their set pieces. Like the, the, the characters like bouncing around the, those cool interiors. I just, I don't know. They, they just like used them all better. They Uh used the rooms more thoroughly. I think it wasn't just like, look at this cool shot and then now there's people standing in it it was like i bet you didn't think about what this angular space looks like from this other side (laughs) and it's Mm -hmm. like oh i didn't yeah they definitely learned from that first one and i feel like a lot of the things that make star wars what it is and i'm not talking iconic scenes i'm just talking like a lot of the feel of it yeah is really solidifies in the second one yeah. It's a similar to like Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies where they like didn't really nail the tone until like the fifth movie. I've barely seen oh, okay. any of them, so I can't really speak to that. I think a I lot of people both. were expecting them to be like kind of creepier and colder than they were for the first couple. The Harry Potter movies. Yes. Okay. And then like somewhere I do around... I didn't see the first one. I saw the first one and like one of the last ones. Okay. But I do remember it feeling like a little um, wholesome. Yeah. All right. Not a super useful analogy just because you yeah, haven't sorry. really seen them. No, no, no. Don't apologize. It's fine. She's a fucking turf. Don't, don't give her your money. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed the books, but like nobody's review of them. After the first one sucked, I was kind of like, why? And no, nobody ever said anything to make me feel like that was a wrong opinion. So. Yeah. I am impressed by your ability to watch one in a series and just be like, nah, I'm good. Because honestly, I have thrown myself on the pyre so many times for so many (laughs) things over the years, just being like, maybe this time, maybe this time. Yeah. (laughs)